Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. I, I think we've got a really fun episode for you guys today. Today we're joined by Mickey Sudo. She, uh, she's a competitive eater, recently won her seventh straight Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, breaking the women's world record with 48 and a half hot dogs this year. Uh, really impressive feat. We get into all things competitive eating. How does she prep for a contest? How'd she even get into this field to begin with? Uh, favorite foods to eat in these contests. Uh, we, we hit on all of it. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. And now to my conversation with Mickey Sudo. So Mickey, let's start here. And I'm sure you, you get asked this a lot, but how did you get started in the world of competitive eating? Um, some of my friends had gone in and done a man versus food type of challenge where the restaurant was offering $1,500 for finishing a 12-pound bowl of soup. And you know, they they did it more as a as a joke and failed. But I saw that I saw what the restaurant was offering and thought I can do that. So the next day, without any practice or preparation, uh, I went in and to everyone's surprise, became the first person and years later the only person to date to collect that jackpot. Um, they put me up on a billboard off the Las Vegas Strip, and I started getting all sorts of requests to competitions and uh, con- and uh, challenges. Really cool. That, that that's a really cool story for for how you got into it. Once you kind of got your first taste of it, uh, no pun intended. There, uh, <laughs> how how quickly did you start getting involved in, in more events and realizing that that you could make a career out of this? Um, it was a slow process because I really didn't know much about the world of competitive eating. I just I knew that there were challenges, restaurant challenges across the Las Vegas Valley where you could earn $500 for finishing a big burger or $300 for finishing a big bowl of ramen, 400 bucks for eating a steak. So I really just went from challenge to challenge and over the course of maybe, I don't know, a couple months, collected all the prizes that were that were offered in Vegas. Um, I never really planned to take it to the next level and compete against other people, but I um I saw that there was a rib eating contest offering uh $1200 and I just thought to myself like I could I, I might have a shot. I don't really belong here. I was so self-conscious, but um I got over it. My friend had to hold my hand walking to the restaurant cuz I was so nervous. But um after I won that, you know, I'm covered in rib sauce. I I should be super shy and embarrassed and self-conscious cuz I'm competing against like guys twice my size. Um and some of whom were professionals. I won the whole thing, so there's no looking back after that. I felt like that stage was mine just as much as anybody else's. You, you talk about how you started with these food challenges and, th- and then moved into contests. Is there a different mindset that you have, mm-hmm. whether you're taking on one of these challenges where it's you know really just you and the food versus going up against other people in a contest? How are those two events different for you? I, I guess now that I'm, I know more about how this works. I guess the difference would be walking into a challenge, you have an idea of how much you have to eat in a given amount of time. So as long as you know your ability, you have a, you should have a pretty solid grasp on whether that's something within your scope, really. Um, but if we're going head to head against you know, professionals or amateurs, what have you, there's so many variables because you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know what the you don't know how much you're going to have to eat in order to win because that's going to depend on how everybody else does next to you. So, you know, if you're a, if you're someone who's, who maxes out at like a six pound burger, you have no shot at winning a professional contest. Um, and you, might, 
I mean, you, you can be there to have fun, but that's all you're gonna. That's all you're gonna walk away with. Um, so uh, I guess it's just different formats, different mindsets. Honestly, at this point, I'd really just do restaurant challenges for fun uh, because anything that's made for a normal person to even have a shot at completing is like a it, it's a hobby for us, really. So I don't take it seriously. It's because I enjoy food that I even do challenges now. So talk about how you prepare for an event. Because I, I feel like there's got to be a lot that goes into to prepping for one of these competitive eating contests. Yeah. So um, so my training and preparation, I guess, is two-part. Uh, I need to be physically in good shape, you know, what I call my fighting weight. Or I just need to feel lean and healthy, like I could jog around the block and not be winded. Um, for that, I like doing a lot of cardio and I'm super fortunate that, um, you know, I, I'm with I'm dating Nick Weary, who's also a competitive eater. He's ranked number eight with major league eating, took third in the guys' contest. Um, he spends a lot of time in the gym, so uh, we work out together, and we also get to do hot dog practices together. And that would be the other part of my training is practicing with food. So how how do you practice? Are you trying to, like, ramp up? You know, let, let's take the hot dog contest. You know, on some of the earlier days of practice, mm-hmm. are you just trying to get in a rhythm? Do you have a number that you do with each practice session? How does that all work? I, I'm curious to get a little uh, behind-the-scenes yeah. scoop there. Well- yeah, so hot dogs are a little bit different um, because there's so much. I, I I think that there's a lot more coordination that goes into eating hot dogs competitively because you're working with the buns and the meats. You're working with two distinctly different um, textures, flavors, consistencies. Um, so there's there's more hand-eye and mouth coordination that goes into it. Uh, so I like to do 10-minute practices where we just mimic contest conditions. Um, for the 2020 competition, we did three practices. Uh, where you just cook up 10 minutes worth of hot dogs and, uh, you know, <laughs> just go at it. Uh, yeah, so for for that might mean different things for different people. Uh, I only cooked up 40 for myself for the first two practices and ended up running out. Uh, but ideally, you know, you just you have a goal in mind that you try to say that in 10 minutes and, you know. How different was this year's uh, Nathan's Nathan's contest? Given you know no fans, no crowds, uh, a more limited field. What was it like this year for you heading into that uh, contest and then going through it? Yeah, um, not not competing in front of a crowd was tough because I feed off that energy. You know, I'm not somebody that deals with stage fright or anything, but it's it would be easier for me to compete in front of thirty thousand people than thirty people in a room. And, you know, with the social distancing uh, guidelines in our indoor venue, there were the competitors, we had uh, the MC, announcers, handful of camera people, uh, medics on staff. Uh, so really the room was pretty quiet. And that, that was just, uh, it was hard to gauge. I, I, don't, I don't know. I definitely, it definitely left me missing the, the crowd's energy. Uh, but with that said, you know, we're, we were without a crowd, but ne- we're never without fans. There were more people watching the 4th of July hot dog eating contest than any other original cable broadcast. Um, so, you know, we just had to remind ourselves, you know, we're, we're without a crowd, but never without fans. So um, it was still great that the women's contest was broadcast in its entirety for the first time ever. I knew that there were a lot of eyes on me. So uh, it was, you know, kind of up to me to break that record, put on great performance and, uh, you know, add to everybody's 4th of July festivities. 
What's your mindset like during a contest? Are, are you solely focused on, you know, eating the hot dogs? Are, are you thinking about how many your competitors have gotten through? What's it like during the midst of a competition, you know, from your perspective? Um, I, you know, I, I'm never too concerned about how my competitors are doing. Uh, you know, if things are going smoothly, uh, I, if things are going smoothly, I have no need to compare my performance to the people around me. It's it, Honestly, if I'm looking around and comparing myself to other people, it's because I'm probably panicking um, or if I'm, or I'm way behind schedule. But, uh, you know, this year, Michelle Lesko, who lives in Arizona, wasn't able to fly out and compete in New York because of the quarantine restrictions. Um, you know, she's the one who's pushing me up the table all these years. Um, you know, the other girls did a great job, but I knew that they weren't going to be on my heels this year. Uh, so yeah, the mindset was really like, get to that 45 because people are expecting you, my people are expecting me to break that world, that female world record. Um, my last practice went public and I happened to do really well. So if I, if I, you know, kind of phoned it in and won with 31 hot dogs again, I think I would have been facing some criticism back up. How do you feel coming into this, uh, this year's contest? Did you feel like you were in a good spot to put yourself in a position to break that record this year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was physically in better shape than ever. Um, just taking care of myself a little bit better in the weeks leading up to the contest. Um, again, I, I have to credit Nick with a lot of my success because, uh, you know, he's, he's been great in terms of practice and preparation, but just an amazing um, support system at home. So, you know, I, I felt calm at peace, prepared, um, happy to compete, happy to be there. Honestly, with quarantine, I I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like I went into nations with a new sense of appreciation for travel, for competition, for the crowd, for the staff and the organizers that put on these events. Um, yeah, for people that watch them, for everybody that makes this happen. Um, we have not been able to compete at all this year, or we had not been able to lead next season. So I think this a renewed sense of appreciation, gratitude, um, that coupled with the fact that I was more prepared than ever. And this year's event was uh, it used its platform to honor essential workers and raise money for uh, food insecurity causes. Uh, there is just a, there are a lot of reasons that I wanted to do well this year in particular. Yeah, that's great. I, I've got to ask being in a, in a, couple with a, another competitive eater what's what's that like uh, on a day-to-day basis are you guys uh really going through the the food in your house <laughs> um so most days probably like six days a week nick would probably ask me you know we're we're relatively healthy he's actually right now as we speak baking up boneless skinless chicken which is a, a constant it's in constant supply at our house so we'll have lean proteins 99 percent of the time it's boneless skinless chicken avocados, um, fresh produce on hand. So that's most of our diet. I like stuff. I like filling up on stuff like shredded cabbage because it's low in calories. Um, filling good for a fill-up practice. Um, Nick eats more of the rices and oatmeal maybe. Um, but yeah, generally boring, healthy diets. And then one day a week, you know, like for example, we can't wait for Hooters all you can eat wings to open up again. So um, yeah, one day just... Uh, yeah, culinary chaos, and uh, that's pretty much it. When it uh, comes to these different types of contests, I know you've competed in so many different ones, whether it's, uh, you know, ribs or pasta, uh, cake. What's the toughest competition in terms of the food that you're eating in that 
you know, in that specific time period? Um, the toughest competition for me personally was oysters, just because I have a phobia of oysters. Um, it, it, I think the, the, I ate an oyster for the first time ever in competition in Ireland. Um, and I was really reluctant to accept their invitation, but I couldn't turn down a five-day trip to Ireland in exchange for eating three minutes of oysters. So um, <laughs> that for me was difficult in terms of the, just the, the getting the technique down and coping with the flavor. But I don't know. Everybody has their likes and dislikes. And that's what makes the competitive eating circuit fun. Um, is that we compete in a lot of different, we, we compete in a lot of disciplines. So, you know, Doey, who's heads above the rest in terms of hot dogs, is not necessarily the most efficient chicken wing eater. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got another competitor who just dominates that area. Um, some people are good with, you know, soup type foods, chilies, gumbos, baked beans, what have you. Um, so you have different people that really excel in, in different textures. Um, so yeah, if you ask, 10 different competitive eaters, you probably get 10 different answers. <laughs> is there anything you haven't done a competitive eating contest yet for that, that you'd like to try? Or is there something out there you're still looking to knock off the list? That I'd like to try. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I don't know. I like variety, really. So I, it would be fun to somehow have like a, like a marathon style or like a different tiered competition where you clear one plate of one type of food and move on to the next and move on to the next where it's like all different types of food from plate yeah, to plate. Almost like a triathlon type. Yeah, of, I'd yeah. like to do something like that. So yeah, yeah, you're exactly. Instead of running a, a whole marathon, yeah, it was like a few triathlon or decathlon kind of yeah. thing. Uh, um, I think that would be fun. <laughs> I think that'd be fun to watch too because you'd see like where people like, this blue past the competition and where people really like, hit yeah. yeah, I think the drama would be interesting to watch on something like that. So yeah, I, I personally, I love food, but I like the variety of food. I, I don't know. So uh, I don't know. I mean, some people say douchey a lot. Um, but I don't know. When you talk about hitting, hitting roadblocks, someone hitting a roadblock, what is that exactly in competitive mm-hmm. eating? What would be a, a roadblock that um, comes up for you? So for some for somebody, a roadblock might be flavor fatigue, where they're not full, but that taste is just getting to them. And if they feel like, you know, they feel like if they eat one more mouthful, that it's gonna, their body's gonna say no or something. Um, a roadblock for somebody else might just be straight capacity. You know, they they have, they've got the will, but they literally don't have the space in their stomach anymore. So they're 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 not they're not going to fall short for you know willpower but uh their body is just saying you are out of space um there's lots of people yeah flavor fatigue capacity I don't know. I guess One thing I, I wanted to ask is I know Joey this year remarked how after the contest, how the dogs were cooked really well this year. What makes the difference in, in whether a hot dog is cooked well or not when it comes to a competition like that? Oh, I think uh, so nations across the board just cook the hot dogs very, in a very specific manner um, to specification. The problem isn't in how well it's cooked. It's how long it sits out after it's cooked. And you can imagine with a 4th of July celebration that starts, eating starts at what, 11 for the women? The guys start eating at noon. I don't even know what time the hot dogs have to be cooked for everything to run smoothly. But yeah, the problem isn't how well they're cooked. It's how logistically, how well can they be maintained? Especially when this event is typically held outdoors. Sometimes it rains. 
sometimes those hot dogs have to sit in the, the you know, 98% humidity in 100 degree weather or what have you. Um, so yeah, the buns and hot dogs don't don't hold up great for hours on end. Uh, but yeah, this year because it was in an indoor venue right above the kitchen, uh, they were able to transport them, you know, relatively quickly. So they went from the grill to our table in much shorter time. I'm I'm sure you you get asked this one a lot, and I, I I've got to ask, what does it feel like after a contest? Are are you you know, like at a point where you feel like you can barely move. I mean, I know some of you know the average person goes out and has a big dinner or what, and feels like they're ready to fall asleep. What's it like uh, from your end after a contest? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can tell you if you're uncomfortable, if you're if you're physically uncomfortable after eating, if you just won, it has like that that win has a funny way of masking physical discomfort. So, um, yeah, especially when you got like a huge crowd cheering for you. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't feel great, but I, I think that, I don't know. I, I guess I, I didn't feel any sort of discomfort until after the guys contest was even over like a few hours, a couple hours later. And I was back at the hotel relaxing. It's like you come down from that. High. Yeah. yeah. Not, not too bad then. Um, I'll get you out of here on this one. I, I, I know you guys live in Connecticut. Is there a best wing spot or, or best place you like here in Connecticut uh, to get some food from? Oh, that's a good question. Dave, what are some of your favorite places to get food from in Connecticut? Uh, I'm relatively new to Connecticut, so any time I remind me sometimes. Oh, the brunch at Dakota's. That was fun. That was about 135 in West Hartford. Yeah, they had a sound. Oh, Donut Crazy in West Hartford. Oh, I love their their what is it? The crazies of the month. Yeah. They, yeah. Jonah and crazy. And also, yeah. In West Hartford, they're always super nice to us too. Yeah. Five, yeah. Have, have you done a donut eating? Have you done a donut eating contest? I did. Um, I did a donut eating contest last June uh, in San Diego, I want to say, for uh, Salvation Army as part of a fundraising effort. Uh, yeah, and Hostess has also had a donut eating contest on the circuit. Um, but yeah, I'd love for those to come back. Um, I'm typically, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I like sweet things too. I don't know if I'm super fond of them, but. All right, well, we'll have to, we'll have to get in touch with Donut Crazy and tell them uh, we, we want to see a contest set up in West Hartford uh, out there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mickey, I really appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations again on, on the big win this year, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.